Brain Freaks, did you know that too much love will kill you? I'd recommend you keep yourself alive. Welcome to Seaside Pod Review, a podcast about the music of Queen. I'm Randy, that English guy's Kevin, and once a week we gather to discuss the songs from one of the most diverse bands in rock and roll history. Brand new angle, highly commendable, Seaside Pod Review. I'm not giving you a kiss. So, episode 10, it's a big one. Was that the decent decentenary? I can't remember what 10 is. Decentenary, I think, right? DC is 10, something like that. Yeah, something like that, Kevin. And it's not just the two of us tonight. We are joined by a very, very special guest. Who is it, Kev? It's uh, Mr. Corey Morissette, who is the host. Of, well, I mean, he's the host of almost every other podcast, music podcast on the internet. But the main one I know him through was uh, and the podcast will rock, which is the Van Halen podcast, and Backtracks Aerosmith. Um, Aerosmith revisited. Have I got that right, or is it just nope? Uh, Backtracks Aerosmith, Aerosmith revisited. Re- You're I got yeah, and then also does um, uh, theme music. Backtracks theme music. So Corey's an old hand at this, an old pro, and he's also the person who stole our format. Randy, we figured out what went on is. Corey went back, he heard our podcast, got a DeLorean, went back in time, got his buddy Mark Kamire, stole our format, mm-hmm. and then put it out as his own, which is, I think, is scandalous. But, you know, maybe we'll get into that's, that a little bit. So what do you got to really say? Gotta apologize. I, I got to apologize. Yeah, I, I heard, especially on, on the Who Needs You show that you did last week, and you, and you mentioned doing that. And, yeah, I, I got in my DeLorean, <laughs> or my Dodge Caravan, as it were, went back in time. It started a Van Halen podcast uh, with a wheel and everything. I just ripped her right off, and uh, I apologize. But uh, I got to say, uh, your wheel is fucking broken. Uh, <laughs> because, like, already you, you, already you got uh, somebody to love. Uh, we will rock you. We are the champions. Good old-fashioned lover boy. These are big queen hits within the first 10 episodes. Like, what the yeah. hell are you guys doing? Within yeah, I don't know. within within four episodes of each other, we had we are we were right when we had the champions. I just it's that's just return that wheel. Uh, there's something wrong with it, yeah. Because I know uh, when we started on the Van Halen show, I think it was episode three. We spun Hot for Teacher. We thought, all right, there there's like our first big hit. Then we didn't have a hit for like twenty shows. Yeah. Uh, it was just <laughs> it, it was just all obscure stuff, but it was kind of cool. So what you guys are are ramping up for is you're getting all the hits out of the way. So the the back half of your show is going to be like all dog shit from the miracle and <laughs> like all that stuff that nobody wants to listen to from Hot Space. Uh, so you're, you're you're doing it kind of interestingly. Let, let's get all the viewership out of the way off the top, and then just completely you know play nothing but dog shit for the final half. Interesting strategy. I like it. <laughs> well, I'm hoping that your presence actually makes the wheel behave a little bit uh, you know a bit more erratically tonight. Let's say let's say that. I'm hoping for a classic deep cut. Let's put it that way. Let, let, let's give the hits a break. Uh, let, let's go for a classic deep cut that maybe Randy hasn't heard. Yeah, I'd like I'd like to go back in time. Yeah, let's let's do that. And which we got one we got one last week that Randy hadn't heard, which was great. Um, oh, fantastic! Great love song. Love that song. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We were just listening to the uh, acoustic version of it too. Kev, uh, Kev had sent it, and uh, I got to say, I quite like it. And you know, as we were saying, you know, before we came on here, it's not it's not finished. Uh, but it's it's definitely cool. Have you heard that one, Corey, at all? So there's a, I guess, the, and I didn't know this because I've, I've, me and Randy talked about this on the last episode even, I think, that once I kind of, you know, I, I, once the Made in Heaven came out and I listened to that and I, I bought it when I was, whatever, I would have been 20-something, whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't really keep up with Queen's post-releases, right? I didn't really 
listen to any of that stuff. So I didn't know that a lot of those sort of, you know, 40th anniversary box sets had come out and all those kinds of things. So that's kind of nice being digging back into that. So the Who Needs You set, so a lot of, sorry, News of the World, they've got these raw sessions where they're just like, you know, first or second takes or whatever. So this one's clearly... John Deacon's just got this riff and they've got some sketch lyrics and he sings them and Freddie's scatting a little bit. But one thing I said to Randy is that the lyric in the the version, the, the sort of the raw version is clearly, obviously it's not finished, but it's also a bit more aggressive. So he sings, you know, in, in the final version, he sings, you little spoiled thing, girl, you kept me waiting, never contemplating my point of view. So that's quite passive. Whereas in the one that he, in the raw session, he sings, you little spoiled thing, girl, you need a lesson, girl, you got it coming which is a lot more, that's a lot more aggressive, right? It doesn't sound at all like John Deacon. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I find that interesting. It is interesting. And actually, uh, uh, my wife, uh, my dear wife, gave me the, the big News of the World box set when it came out on vinyl. Uh, so I do have uh, all oh, those tracks. Nice. It, it came with all the bells and whistles. I know they just released one on the Miracle. Uh, I'm a little less excited to get the Miracle one, but the News of the World one is absolutely fantastic. You can find it out there. I highly recommend it. But you're right. That doesn't sound anything at all like John Deacon. I think it's kind of funny, but it's, it's, it is a great version of the song. It is, it's always sounds around it. Like it's always nice to see that evolution, right? We think, okay, so obviously this was something where he maybe had that first line and that sort of drove building out for the rest of the song and maybe that line, who needs you? But, you know, you see the sort of, well, it's very raw. I've just got this lick. I'll play it for you. What do you think? And there's even a little bit at the start of that where where um, John says, "Well, let's try the intro we worked on." It's do 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 do, and then Freddie says, "Well, no, just keep keep that going." It's a do 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 do, and he kind of adds that in. You can hear him hum that. So to hear that as well, it's like so fucking cool. This is a band in a studio, which is what we talked about last week, working together on a song. That's exactly what that song feels like. Now imagine Freddie going to John and saying, "John, that's a little aggressive. Let's tone it down a little <laughs> on those lyrics. Like, calm down, dude." <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's cool you know i guess we'd like to all think that uh these guys just walked into the studio with completely formed ideas and everything but obviously you know any song i've ever written it's an evolution and that's just a little a little snapshot into into seeing how they you know how it all came to be so pretty pretty cool okay so i put the poll up randy but i've left it up i actually left it up a little bit longer this time so we can sort of see those results still coming in they're not it's not closed yet but it's pretty one-sided as you guys can see so 87 and a half percent champion only 12 and a half percent bites the dust which i think is you know i think that's as we would have expected and paul bradbury says definitely a champion a song i don't reach for very often but i never skip it there's nothing else like it in the queen catalog i'm very jealous of randy woods for getting to hear it for the first time as was i so that's kind of nice to see someone in real time listen to a song that you love for the first time have you had that happen on on um van halen yet? has mark heard a song for the first time that you knew can you think of oh yeah, uh, yeah. there's been quite a few i know mark didn't really listen to a different kind of truth uh, when it came out and I kind of gave it kind of a pass a listen uh, before we started the show. Uh, so we got into kind of the really big tracks from a different kind of truth. He was like, Oh my God, like, how did I miss this? When yeah, it came yeah, out yeah. in 2012. So yeah, I, I am kind of envious of Randy too, hearing that for the first time. Cause I heard who needs you, you know, 30 years ago and, and fell in love with it. That whole album. Like I, I think you mentioned it, Kevin uh, news of the world uh, side two, uh, really an eclectic oh. and wonderful group of songs there. Right. Like it's so good. And again, just cause the, you know, the first side's so rocking um and then the second half is just weird like there's so many it just takes so many different left and right turns um sleeping on the sidewalk like what the hell is that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um our friend pj new mercury says glad you enjoyed it you might as well do the whole news of the world at this point because <laughs> we've had three in our first nine episodes from the same album yeah. um and lisa malloy says as freddie said i like it i like it what a brilliant song from an equally brilliant album news of the world is in my top three queen albums and I, i'd be very surprised if you could find a hardcore queen fan who wouldn't say the same i'd be slightly shocked if that was the case but 
Yeah. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Like, oh my God. E- even the deep cuts, like uh, it's late. Th- that's one of my favorite Brian May tracks of all time is on my site team. two of news in the world. Like spread your wings is a classic John Deacon song. Like you, you can't go wrong with anything on there. And then you get a, a nice little torch song, like my melancholy blues. Yeah. And to kind of finish the whole thing off. It's, it's brilliant. So when did you start listening to Queen, Corey? You know what? I, I really got into Queen when I was in university back in 1992. I remember watching the Freddie Mercury tribute concert, but it was it was really like uh, when I was in university, I had a, a friend uh, who was really into Queen. And, you know, we watched like the Wembley show from 86 kind of on repeat. It was on uh, VHS at the time. And we just I kept checking out the library and watching it over and over <laughs> and over again. And you're like, oh, my God, Queen did that song. Queen did that song. And. You know, uh, soundtracks at the time, they were very big. They had a song on uh, Encino Man. They had a song on Son-in-Law, a crazy little thing called Love Was On That One. Uh, and then the greatest hits were huge around that time. So that really got me to dig into the back catalog and discover gems like Queen 2, which is one of my favorite albums, or Sheer Heart Attack, which is what I'm manifesting here tonight, and, and News <laughs> of the World, which is one of the best albums ever recorded, if you ask me. So I really got deep into Queen around uh, 1992, and then I saw them. Uh, a couple times, uh, obviously not with Freddie, but I saw him once with Paul Rogers in uh, St. Paul, Minnesota, which was a lot of fun. And then once in Saskatoon uh, with Adam Lambert, where they absolutely crushed it. The crowd yeah. was shit, but the <laughs> yeah. band was on fire. It was one of my favorite <laughs> concerts of all time. And nice. I think I, I told you about that, Randy, too. Eh? Like Paul, uh, Adam Lambert, I kind of I didn't get tickets for that show originally. I didn't buy them because I was, well, it's Adam Lambert. He's that kid off the idol thing, and he was on Glee. And it's like, ah, I don't really want to see him trash Queen songs. And my neighbors actually had a spare ticket. They'd ended up picking up for one someone who dropped out and asked them if I wanted it. So I was like, okay, well, I'll go because I'll still get to see Roger and, and Brian. So whatever, fine. Blew my legs off. I couldn't believe how good a singer that guy is. Absolutely outstanding. And he can do both. He can do he can do all the ballads, but he can kill the rock stuff, which I think is where I was always a little bit less with Paul Rogers. He couldn't really manage the the ballad side, the soft side. He couldn't do Love of My Life. He couldn't do, you know, some of those songs are a little bit more low-key because he's a belter. He's a rock vocalist, free vocalist and bad company, right? So, I, I remember uh, waiting in the lobby, uh, waiting for him to come on and, and even just listening to him go through uh, a sound check uh, before the show. And, yeah. like, this kid was nailing it. I just remember looking at my wife and thinking, we're in for something cool here tonight because if he sounds like that during sound check, mm-hmm. like, the show is going to be off the charts. And, yeah, you're right. He absolutely crushed it. Yeah. Well, gents, should we uh, see what we're going to talk about tonight? We should we should spin up a Queen song. What do you say? I think we should Sounds spin good. that wheel, Kev. So you're manifesting something from Sheer Heart Attack, Corey? Anything specific? Yeah. Or just that? Oh, absolutely. I I, I got to take umbrage with you boys because you always say you kind of pick an album or even just like something I haven't heard. You're like, <laughs> come on, be specific. On the Van Halen show, I've called my shot twice in, in sixty some episodes and got it twice. So I'm picking an exact song here tonight, and I'm going all the way to Sheer Heart Attack. I want to hear some Brighton Rock here tonight. Oh, all right. right. Deadly. Randy. Well, you're on the spot now. You've got to be specific. Well, he's raised the stakes. So I'll, I'll, uh, I'm hoping for bring back that Leroy Brown. Oh, that's a beauty as well. Okay. Well, you guys are, you guys are going 70s. So maybe I'll sort of balance this out a little bit and I'll go 80. So I'm going to say tear it up from the works. Nice. Get some, some big sort of program drums and some big guitar riffs. So. All right, spin that. So now we're definitely going to get something from either Made in Heaven or Innuendo. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Come on, Delilah. Come on, Come Delilah. On, Delilah. <laughs> round and round she goes. And let's see what we're... Oh, you were close. And we're getting... Well, it is not the 70s. Barely. It's barely not the 70s. 
but it's not from Share Attack or News of the World either. What are we getting, Randy? Coming soon from the game. Okay, well, I'll ask you straight up. Do you know this song? From the title right now, I can't say that I know it. Uh, now, maybe I'll recognize the melody once I hear it, but I'm excited to hear it. How about you, Corey? Well, I tell you, it's been a long time since I've heard it. Uh, it's, you know, one of those kind of deeper cuts uh, off the game. So I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to it. The game is a great album. Well, and it's one of the ones it was. So Mac produced this, Ryan Old Mac produced it. It was the first album he produced for them. And, you know, among sort of the fan base, there's definitely sort of varying opinions on his production style. But this one was the album where he got everything pretty much dead on. Okay, so we have coming soon from the game recorded in uh, Munich in June, July of 1979 at Musicland Studios. And it's written by Mr. Roger Taylor. Roger Meadows Taylor, as he used to be yeah. credited as. So, First album that you sent, the OBX, uh, made its appearance on this one. So... It was, you know, Queen obviously were very um, fastidious and very sort of fussy about making sure that everyone yeah. knew that they didn't use synthesizers and all they needed was Brian May's amazing um, brilliance on guitar. So they didn't need those synthesizers where when they brought this in, and I told you about this, Randy, on, on a previous episode where, and I don't know, Corey, if you would, what you think about this, but Queen never really quite got synths right to me. When they used them on sort of, on Hot Space and sometimes on The Mir Miracle and on um, Kind of Magic, and it was just a bit... But on this album, it for some reason they just got they only used it exactly when they needed to and they used it exactly in the right way. And this is another track that's got it where it just sounds fantastic. Well, I agree with that. Uh, I'm I'm a big fan of a kind of magic uh, that album. Uh, so I think they they, they kind of got it right on that one too. But Hot Space, yeah, was was a real kind of kind of mess. And uh, when you're talking about this album, you're kind of talking about Reinhold Mack and kind of his influence uh, on the band at the time. I think he was nominated for a Grammy, if I remember correctly, uh, for this for this record. Oh, for the game? Oh, cool. Yeah. And he he brought, he brought the real kind of electronic kind of vibe uh, uh, to the band. Uh, kind of a weird fellow. Freddie Mercury actually uh, named his kid. He was a godson uh, to one of Ryan Old Mac's kids. So uh, he was very close to the band. And uh, aside from a kind of magic, I'm going to give him a pass on that. Because <laughs> if I wasn't picking Brighton Rock tonight, I was I was thinking, give me the prize from a kind of oh, magic. Nice. So I, I, I just got a, a, a kind of magic on vinyl for Christmas. So I'm very much in a kind of magic kind of mood. So Sweet. Nice. And it was a number one album, UK, US Billboard, Canada, you know, Argentina, big fans, big in Argentina, yeah. number two in Germany, and Finland 24, so fuck those Finnish people, they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> well, huge <laughs> songs on this one, right? Another one, Bites of Dust, comes off this one, Crazy Little Thing Called Love. Half a million copies sold in Canada, four million in the States. And I would say, thinking about it, I would say that this is probably the album with my favorite Roger Taylor contributions on it as a whole. Like when he's got more than one song, there's usually one where I don't love it. Both of the songs that he contributes to the game, I think, are absolutely fantastic. So, and they're both cool. of a piece too. They've kind of they're they're almost like a matching set sort of thing in some ways. So, yeah, Rocket Prime Drive was the other one on this one, right? Yeah, <laughs> definitely remember that one. Yeah, I'm curious if you'll remember this one. You hear it, Randy? So, I might, I, I, I might, because I do know. About that, then shall we, shall we, shall we, shall we listen to it then, so you can hear? Why don't we do that? I think maybe we should quit fucking talking about it and start listening to it. Oh, 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 oh. 
Big Toms, the Big Toms are back. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, Rogers back. Rogers back behind the kit from the from the drum machine there, whatever a song that was. And you know, I mean, I haven't. I've only heard that long, twenty some seconds. But uh, I, I, I think I've heard this before. Going, yeah, going back in time. I like that, and just that chugged riff. And he's got those. The the vocals are really flat. It's got that yeah. really sort of punky kind of feel to you know because Rog liked a little bit of the harder edge stuff and it's got that kind of feel to it he really's yeah. got that that really kind of stinging attack on his vocal i was always kind of surprised that uh i just the, the drums sound as good as they do because right hold back like more of electronic guy right and here we got you know a nice good drum drum sound on that so nice and fat nice and fat absolutely just like me after christmas <laughs> Love that riff, hey! Isn't that the coolest thing? Brian just comes up, ah, uh, yeah, so cool, so satisfying. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm pretty sure that would have been written by Roger because I think he, as far as I know, I think he came in with the songs, the arrangements of the songs, fairly well demoed. I don't think there was a lot of work up from Brian, apart from the solos and that kind of stuff. I don't think that was the case. I think Roger had those sort of those pre-written, and obviously they're the ones that, <laughs> the only ones that made Queen albums, the one that did have a bit of a cool riff because yeah, yeah. a lot of Rogers don't. <laughs> cool. Well, I didn't know that. That's awesome kind of a contrast to what what you get mainly on side one actually of the game when you got like play the game dragon attack another one bites of dust need your loving tonight and crazy little thing called love kind of a nice uh contrast there yeah yeah. Sure, yeah it's definitely a rock and roller right like it's a rock and roll song it's there's no and you can you can say this is a can we play this one live yeah pretty much out of the box yeah yeah and lyrically it's a roger taylor song yeah <laughs> i like that like like some mother-in-law no nylon tights though that's such a good image that's such a good, <laughs> that's sort a good of visual right yeah, yeah that's a good is. line yeah i'll give that you is that. a good one yeah <laughs> is it is it a dave lee roth or sammy hagar Corey? <laughs> oh so far we're leaning towards sammy but uh we still got some more song to go here <laughs> I love that push, that vocal push where you've got the the coming tunes always it's quite um almost like a falsetto. But then when Freddie comes in, he really belts that uh, on the outside of the track. So I always love that. And when it's under headphones, I used to remember listening to this album over and over and over and over again. And I remember all the where all the skips are and all the scratches on our old LP. And this was one of the tracks where we'd always kind of skip in the middle of one of those coming tunes. And it's just it's just it's so fucking cool, man. I love that build. Yeah, it's cool. He put the little delay on his uh his vocal too at the end, you know. Yeah, it's sweet. The advantage of having Freddie Mercury in your band, right? You could write a song and <laughs> you know take some of the vocals yourself. Oh, Freddie, just you know, just kind of put a little power on that and knock it yeah. out of the park. And yeah, take my shitty lyric I wrote and make it sound good. <laughs> make yeah. it sound good. Yeah, but it's that thing, you know. And that's when Roger and Freddie. That's when Roger used Freddie best is when he sort of brought him into the song at certain points, right? And and he wouldn't. Roger didn't take all the lead. Or Freddie wouldn't take all the lead because they do complement each other really, really well because they've got very different vocal styles, but it works so well when they do it this way. Yeah. Yeah. 
that delivery too on that somebody nagging you when you're out with the boys just drag it out right it's got that sort of almost spoken word thing yeah i don't know man i like the lyrics in this song i always did they're kind of fun and a bit throwaway and silly but they work for what this is right it's funny you brought up like a dave or sammy song because it sounds a lot like a van halen song it's just kind of light party <laughs> rock type song yeah nothing wrong with it yeah and not every song can be you know about hobbits or dragons <laughs> you know what I mean? well again though i said i think I, not to bang on about these lyrics but the neighbor's screaming when the noise and noise so that noise and noise that alliteration that's i like that i think when people put those things in it works it's kind of neat i don't know yeah, yeah. i'm just Somebody a simple man i'm a simple man i'm a simple man not the simple man who uh hosts the uh the uh, Leonard Skinner, Skinner Reconsidered podcast, right? <laughs> I was going to say, he's got <laughs> a simple podcast man. there, yeah. So again, we talk, we talk about this a lot, Randy, where we were, I think we talked even, that might have been We Are The Champions, we were talking about the guitars where Brian could have just chugged along and it would have worked, it would have been fine, or, or played sort of just big open chords and it would have been fine, but he adds in yeah. so much texture. With this song, you really don't want that. You actually really do want that, just that sort of chugging, metronomic sort of aggressive kind of rock riff, right? So it's just so perfect for it. Yeah, I mean, it really seems like the right thing to do. So yeah, I mean, if he was trying to play an arpeggio, or whatever during all that section would just get in the way so yeah all right we're getting a bridge and our solo coming up do you want to hear it all right i want to hear it it's a beauty It's a, a, a blue solo, hey? None, none of the sig signature sort of classical-esque Brian May stuff. It's just yeah. a straight-up blues face melter and, and a good one, I thought. And Corey, you brought up Give Me the Prize. Do you hear similarities to the solo in this and some of the solo work in Give Me the Prize? I, I just got 100%. one because you said that. I get a big flashback to that. It's got a solo the same tonality to it and, and, and phrasing. Oh, the tone especially, yeah. Very much uh, uh, Give Me the Prize, Kirkens theme from A Kind of Magic. Uh, I remember uh, Brian saying that, that, you know, not really a guitar album. Uh, but still a, yeah. a very great guitar solo on Not A Guitar Album. When you think about Crazy Little Thing Called Love, Not A Huge Guitar Song, or Another One Bites The Dust, or Need Your Loving Tonight, you know, those aren't big guitar songs, but uh, this is a fantastic Brian May guitar solo. I love this one. Yeah. You know, it's what the kids call, I think, I think what they call them these days, it's a face melter. I think that's what they're saying. Ah. <laughs> is that what Super the kids are saying? That's what they're saying. I'm so out of touch. <laughs> oh, I'm plugged so hard as the Zeitgeist, Corey. I, you know, I the, the weekend. Sorry, weekend. This that guy's name is the weekend. If you pronounce it without the e n d, that's you pronounce that's weekend. So that's a stupid name to call yourself. <laughs> Now, 
Now, I will confess to not actually having a fucking clue what that chorus is supposed to be, what it's supposed to mean. Coming soon on the outside of the track, I don't really, it doesn't really, <laughs> I don't know what it means. Any ideas? This is from the same guy who wrote he was in love with this car. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't dig too deep into Roger Taylor lyrics. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, I'm pretty sure what they're trying to say is that they're always coming soon on the outside of the track. <laughs> yeah. They actually seem quite insistent about it, don't they? Well, and they just, he's fucking banging on about it fucking <laughs> constantly. Listen, Raj, we got it. I suppose, you know, guys, if you think about it metaphorically, you could be talking about sort of like a horse race where, you know, the, the horse on the outside of the tracks is not a fancied runner in the race and maybe they're not <laughs> expected to win. And maybe it's the sort of the outside of you. So maybe that's what he's talking about. <laughs> you just put in more thought than Roger Taylor did when he wrote this fucking thing. So. <laughs> uh before it does end though because we talked a little bit about it before the bass i can sort of see why it's not obvious who played this bass because it's a really he's just walking that those root notes right he's not doing anything at all so any of them could have played that other than probably Freddie, I think, right? But just because it's, it sounds picked. Is it a picked bass, Randy? Can you, it sounds like he's, he's picking that to me, not rather than plucking. I'm not 100% sure. I'd have to listen a little more carefully. Okay. Yeah, I think um, he's just pumping straight eights, right? As far as I yeah, can Yeah, and I'll, I'll back yeah. it up just a little bit. Just cause, cause, and I would, I, I think it's Deakey. I, I think it probably is John Deacon. But I don't know, but just give it a just listen to the bass sure. a little bit closer. Yeah, it's really hard to say if yeah. if he's using a, a pick or his fingers there. Uh, it really could it could really be either. But you finish with a big queen harmony. Which you don't I get was just, through a lot yeah, of Yeah, I was going to say, it, they really kind of, they finished in 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 very much in Queen style uh, with, with the big harmony at the end, which which I love. And uh, just as this has gone through, I, it, I absolutely definitely remember this song from yeah. uh, from my youth. Absolutely, 100%. And another, another short one, Get In, Get Out. And, you know, with Queen do a really good job of writing eight songs in one. They're brilliant at that. And they can put all these massive arrangements in and three million vocal harmony parts in them but sometimes when it's really stripped back like this and this album does a really good job of that of really showcasing you know this this album you could play front to back live no problem with just four guys like you can definitely do that on this album and this is one of those songs that really fits that mold of sort of yeah this is just a rock and roll song no pretense about it it's two two minutes 50 seconds it's really easy you can hum it i don't know i think it's a really really good rock and roll song absolutely so what we're going to do is we're going to vote now. And so our guest, Mr. Corey Morissette, whose format we stole whole wholeheartedly with uh, including using songs for the voting system. <laughs> what, what about this song? You, we've, we've kind of talked about it. And I think I know where you're going to lean, but are you going to be, um, you know, you're going to be dissident and sort of go off, go off, off, uh, off grid and off road. Is this one, one of the champions or for you, is this going to buy the dust? Yeah, the game is a great album. Uh, there's only one track on there. Thinking about it right now, I'd give a thumbs down to, uh, and it's about suicide. Everything else, I, I, I think, is, is really, really great. 
uh, on this record. It, it's a fun Roger song. It's uh, lyrically, it, it, it's fun. It, it's actually probably the upper echelon of Roger lyrics. Uh, actually, when, when you kind of think about it, uh, but it's just a fun song. And I was thinking about it, how apropos it is that you get the Van Halen guy uh, covering this song because this is just kind of like a fun <laughs> party rock song. And that's what Van Halen made a career on. So I'm really kind of glad we spun this one here tonight. And uh, yeah, absolutely, this is one of the champions. You could actually, I could hear Van Halen covering this, you know. Oh, yeah. With, with Eddie throwing some of those little licks in. That would, that would be super cool. Eddie crushing a, a Brian May solo? That'd be fantastic. Yeah. All right, Randy. Not That's the first nice. time hearing this after all, so you did remember this once it got going, and that makes sense, because if you have listened to the game at all, I think all the songs are so distinct that you probably would remember each of them once they start. So for you, is this one one of the champions, or is this song going to bite the dust? Well, for me, Kev, I'm going to vote. We are the champions, my friends. What about you, Kev? What's your vote? Well, you know, either it's going to be three for three or I can be an ornery old, um, nah, of course not. We are the champions, my friends. So because we're unanimous, I think that means we don't have to put a poll up, right? We, we're This is the sort of the authoritative answer on whether this is where the cha- or champion or bites the dust is we can just say anyone who disagrees with us is wrong and we can move on because we are all experts, of course. If you don't put a poll that's... up, though, you will hear about it. Trust me. There's been some weeks <laughs> where I forgot. And and guys are very serious about the poll. So absolutely put the poll up. I was going to say, because oh, I think I remember one week I was one of those guys. I was like, hey, where's the poll? <laughs> <laughs> so again, oh, I'm at a kid's this. basketball game. Fine, I'll put the poll up. Like, <laughs> sometimes life gets in the way. This isn't my career. I have things to say about this song, and I can't do it unless you put a poll up. <laughs> I'm curious to see what the breakdown is on this one. Like, uh, so far, your polls have, have run pretty, pretty close to what I would think. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of surprised. I thought "Who Needs You" might have been a little closer, uh, but uh, you know, 87 percent, whatever it was, I thought was a really good representation for that song. And I'm kind of curious to see what the folks think about coming soon. I mean, again, it's sort of. I suspect, and again, I'm not really part of that hardcore Queen fandom online community. I mean, I know, like I've said this before, like I know the songs, especially, I mean, the game, I know note for note every single song I can, like, guaranteed. Um, But I don't know what the other fans think about all the songs, right? So listening to In the Lap of the Pods, Corey, who's another uh, deep dive pod um, yes. podcast, I kind of get these this, these trickles in of like, oh, other people don't, don't like that song for the same reasons that I didn't or think this about this or, and that's a little bit different to me. So I'm not too sure. I'd, I'd be kind of curious to see because it is a very simple song and maybe some people don't dig it. I don't know. Again, I, I think if that's the case, I think they're wrong. You know, <laughs> if I had to guess, I'd say it's probably going to be positive on this one though, because uh, even for first time listeners, I think they're, they're going to dig this song because it's just kind of fun and it's kind of happy and uh, you can't help but smile listening to it. And Freddie kills it. The guitar solo is fantastic. It's everything you kind of want in a Queen song. You're right, Corey. It, it is just kind of a, a party tune, and you know, the, it, I don't think it really offends anybody. Uh, uh, and you know, it just it just rocks. Which is often, I think, Queen is uh, with Bohemian Rhapsody, they get forgotten that they're they're just a rock four piece rock band, and this is just a really good example of that. Absolutely. Well, we did this last week, Randy, and I think we said we'd keep this going. Let, let's actually try and do some predictions then about the poll and what we think the split's going to be. So, Corey, I'm going to go to you first. What do you think the poll's going to tell us about this? What's the fandom going to say? What do you think? I, I'm going to think it's pretty similar uh, to Who Needs You, actually. I'm going to say probably about you know 
uh, this is a champion. I, I think that's kind of how the poll is going to shake out. Okay, Randy, I'll go. Uh, I'll go seventy. Seventy percent. Well, yeah, in favor. Okay. Well, you know there are some assholes out there, as you well know, Corey. You just oh, literally yeah. want to disrupt polls. All they don't even listen to the songs. They don't even know the artists. They just want to go and vote on something just to annoy people. And they follow me around, so they're now coming <laughs> around to your shows. So, <laughs> thanks for having me on. <laughs> <laughs> So in that case, I will say that I think I'm going to go, I'll say 75-25. We'll be conservative and say 75-25. So. But I think we're also been roughly in this. We're all saying that we think the majority will be champion, as they should be. So yeah. I can't believe I'm more optimistic than you two, though. Jeez. <laughs> Usually I'm the devil. Well, well, we've had songs, I mean, again, things like Somebody to Love, where... You know, as Randy said, like if you don't like this song, are you really a Queen fan? Like seriously, it's the same. How is that not a hundred percent? How is that not a hundred percent? It's it's my all time favorite song, and you spun it before I came on the show. I'm still pissed at you for that, (laughs) by the way. Well, you know, we we have said that at some point we might start going back to do revisiting certain tracks. So if we do that, we'll bring you on, and then hopefully we'll spin something different. (laughs) I tell you what, if you ever want to do like a because I tell you, Adam Lambert with Queen did a killer version of somebody to love and george michael like let's talk about the freddie Mercury tribute one. concert and george yes. michael killing this song it was yeah. fan fucking tastic in a show with nothing but highlights he stood above and beyond everybody else i would talk about that till the cows come yeah his his version is fantastic yeah yeah and there was, there was talk around that time about him actually joining queen and sort right. of being, and of course, I think it was too soon after. And John had already made clear at that point that he didn't want to. He didn't want to do that. He didn't want to continue without Freddie. Like he was the one who said, "No, I'm not doing it." And he never did. Right? He obviously, you know, he never. He did the tribute show, and then I think he did the, you know, the the song that they did in ninety three, ninety three, ninety four. Yeah, he did uh, uh, only the good die young. Yes, uh, for Queen Rocks, and then he did a one off performance uh, with Elton John of the show there Must go. go On. Yeah. So that was it. I mean, so he had no interest in being in in Queen without Freddie because it just wasn't Queen to him, right? So, but I mean, yeah, George Michael's one of those few vocalists and with that sort of very specific type of stage presence that isn't the same as Freddie's, but he's got the same thing that Adam Lambert has where he he owns the stage in his own unique way and he's flamboyant and he's very sort of, you know, he's got a very, he's got a lot of personality in his vocal who could have probably carried it off. You know, he's one of the few who could have done it maybe. Could not agree more. All righty. So final thoughts, gents, coming soon. Where would, we, where would we put this? Like, if we're talking about, you know, because one thing we talked about is if we put a midpoint on Queen songs and sort of say you've got 50% below and 50% above, we're, we're roughly, does this, is this top third, middle third, bottom third? Would you, obviously, Randy, you don't know enough of the songs like that, but it might be a little bit unfair. The songs that you know, let's say. Yeah, man, it's 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 up there for the songs that I know. It, yeah. Like I said, I, it's been so long since I've heard it. I'd actually, well, I had forgotten about it. But uh, there again, it just kind of fits in. It fits into the, if you like Queen, you'll like this one yeah you know what i mean uh so that's where that's where it sits for me you know what for me uh to me it's middle third of this album so i I would put in middle third uh of their catalog when you think of songs like play the game another one bites it does crazy little thing called love you know that's kind of the upper echelon of the game and then you got to me you got that that sweet middle section songs like uh need your love tonight dragon attack Uh, i would put this one right in kind of that middle section with those tracks right there yeah it's tough right because the game's such a strong album it's such yeah. a strong album. It's so consistently good all throughout. Sail away, sweat, you know, sail away, sweet sister, and don't try suicide. Those are sort of the kind of the outliers, and they're sonically they they're the ones that are, are a little bit different, and there are Queen flexing those sort of 
those muscles that they don't often use after that album at all. Um, but other than that, I mean, every every other song I think is just fantastic. So, and I mean, we haven't even talked about um, "Save Me," which oh, geez, you want to yeah. talk about? You want to talk about Freddie vocals? <laughs> Holy crap! You know, really. One of my favorite lyrics of all time: "I'm naked and I'm far from home." I, I feel yeah. like that every day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> even when I'm at home, fully clothed. <laughs> It's like Billy Con- <laughs> Billy Connolly's always on about it's this fucking Scotsman. They always sing about being far away from home when they're sitting in the living room. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up! It's the only song your dad knows. <laughs> hey, so here's a question for for you two. Then is so is uh, 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 don't try suicide. Is that supposedly a is that a, dis- a universally disliked song by Queen fans? Because if if that's the case, I was unaware of that. I I don't know, Corey. I like it, but it's definitely. I think there's a problematic side of it with mental health these days. In a modern context, I think it's something that you might not write these days, just in terms of the lyrical content, right? It's not, and it's not yeah. like, it's definitely not pro-suicide. It's just a bit, yeah. well, it's almost a little bit dismissive of suicide as sort of a, it's an easy way out, right? So which, I don't yeah. know. Well-intentioned, uh, but maybe misguided. I remember uh, I was traveling to St. Paul, Minnesota with a friend of mine driving 12 hours uh, to go see Queen. And we're listening to the, uh, like every album on the way down there. And he hates uh, Don't Try Suicide because uh, he suffers from mental health issues and he thought the song was very kind of dismissive and yeah, uh, yeah, not not really a big fan. So uh, in my circles, it's it's not very well liked, but uh, I, I don't hear a lot of love for that song uh, in other sectors of, of queendom either. Uh, yeah. And certainly on a game of, of stand or on an album of standouts like the game, uh, Don't Try Suicide, I think, is is easily at the bottom. But musically, yeah. it's there, there's nothing really wrong with it. But yeah, uh, maybe sure. a little too dismissive of the idea of suicide, especially in today's day and age. Yeah, which uh, is a whole other topic for discussion is is uh, you know how, uh, the 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 difference in time. Do you hold people accountable to present day or the, the era right. they lived in? Which I, th- I think you say well intentioned and but but maybe just doesn't hit the mark in in this day. And there'll be a few of those in this run, you know, oh. there's, there's some lyrics that there's seventies lyrics and eighties rock lyrics. There's tons of them around. I mean, I remember listening to um, my pals on the honest and unmerciful podcast when they did um, back in black. And I can't remember exactly which song it is, but there is a song on the album that it's pretty indefensible, but like you can't really defend the lyrics on the song. And they just called it out and said, yeah, that's, you know, <laughs> it was written at a time when that was, I was okay, and now it's not, and so I just want to say that we don't agree with that that sentiment, and I think that's what you got to do, right? You'd listen to it, yeah, give commentary on it, and I think that's all you can really do. You can't change it. You can't. You wouldn't. You don't want to sort of scrub it. You just want to say, okay, well, that's that was that was actually a problem in 1917, 1980, and thankfully yeah. we've moved we've somewhat moved past that, and you know, so I think that's a good thing that we can these these kinds of shows we can have those conversations and and sort of bring shed a bit of light on some of those things. Absolutely. Tell you what, I ran into that on the Aerosmith show. We were talking about Jailbait, which uh, yeah. definitely has not aged well, especially when you hear about uh, Steven Tyler and uh, the current lawsuit he's going through, uh, yeah. where he actually got the parents of a, an underage girl to sign over guardianship to him uh, so he could take her across state lines and you know kind of have a relationship with her when she was well uh, under the legal age. So, Okay, well, you know what? We should, um, we always have a bit of fluff at the end of our podcast telling everybody where they should find us. But Corey, you should tell people what you're up to um, and where they can find you on all your various shows. Well, I wouldn't recommend it. Uh, I'm not good at this. So uh, <laughs> please, please ignore everything about what to say. But I do way too many uh, podcasts on the Deep Dive Podcast Network. We do uh, And the Podcast Will Rock with my good buddy Mark Kamire, where we're uh, spinning a wheel, which we stole from you guys, and uh, picking a Van Halen song. Uh, we got like 61 songs left. We're almost halfway through. 
uh, the Van Halen catalog. You guys got a little longer road, uh, which is kind of cool. Uh, but I, I, when you came to me and said, hey, we want to do the same thing with Queen, I thought there's no better band uh, to, to kind of do this format with. So I was very excited. And I'm very honored that you actually had me on, especially on your 10th episode. I'm hoping I didn't screw up bad enough that you would have me back. But uh, I'm doing the Van Halen show, which you can find Kevin Brown on quite a bit. I do the uh, Aerosmith show, Backtracks Aerosmith Revisited uh, with John and Scott. Uh, we're breaking down the Aerosmith catalog in a similar way. Without a wheel, we're doing it with a dice. And uh, I know Kevin's going to come on that show. He's picked the six songs he wants to put on his die. So when he comes on, we're going to uh, roll the dice, see what we come up with, and talk about it. And uh, we also do backtrack theme music, myself and uh, John Mariano, where we're talking music in movies. Uh, the show that dropped today was uh, From the Naked Gun. We did uh, uh, I'm Into Something Good uh, by Herman's Hermit. So that was a lot of fun. Oh, nice. Uh, uh, the, the next show is actually a song from Step Brothers, so so that's a lot of fun. So uh, by all means, Randy, Kevin, if you want, ever want to talk about uh, your favorite uh, songs for movies, uh, we got a home for you on Backtracks theme music. Absolutely. I saw actually saw Peter Noon sing uh, uh, in Something Good. Uh, oh, nice. He was, yeah, live uh, a couple of years ago. He was great, I gotta say. <laughs> He's still kicking, still performing and, and doing great. Yeah, good on him. Yeah, yeah, it was, he was fantastic. When I would tell people, like very genuinely, I know Corey's very sort of self-effacing, but the Van Halen podcast, especially, and the Aerosmith one to a certain extent, but the Van Halen podcast really got me back into Van Halen. I'd sort of left Van Halen off to one side, loved the band when I was growing up, and they were sort of a quite an important band for me growing up for different reasons, personal reasons. But you know, when the whole thing with Wolfie and Dave coming back and Sammy and Mike getting kicked out, I was like, oh, fuck these guys, you know. And I was kind of done with them. I stopped listening to them, but then listening to that podcast, it reminded me that. Oh, I actually love these guys. And I'd forgotten how much I like a lot of those Dave era songs that I don't listen to very much. So, you know, you brought that love of Van Halen back to me. So thank you. And and the format for this show. So I only only give you thanks for that, Corey. Well, thank you very much for saying that. And uh, you guys are just taking that format and, and kicking our ass with it every week. I've loved uh, every episode you guys have put out. And I can't wait for you to get to some of those kind of classic deeper cuts that I hold dear to, like Bright Rock, like Give Me the Prize. Uh, so many great tunes coming up. And uh, I kind of like experiencing, I know uh, for some reason, uh, fans out there seem to think you need to know everything about every single band and every single song and get your facts straight. I like rediscovering a catalog through somebody who's never heard the song so much like randy who yeah rediscovering new stuff like you know that episode on who needs you is one of my favorite you guys have done because you're like hey this is actually pretty cool i never heard this before and now it's gonna inspire you to, to pick up news of the world and you know give some of those deeper cuts a try and uh to me that's kind of the magic uh of shows like this i don't need to hear minutiae and facts i, I got fucking wikipedia and, and all that kind of bullshit yeah. for that i want to hear interesting people talk about music and, and that's what you guys bring to the table and you're you're killing it and you're making me look bad and i hate you <laughs> well that simply isn't true <laughs> it is but yeah we will um we will at this point i think what we'll probably do randy is we'll probably sign off and let these people go to bed because again we keep everyone way too long every week you know we had a, we did we did 57 minutes or something on we, we are the champions <laughs> which is three minutes long which is utterly unnecessary um, but we will give the final word as we always do freddie mercury so i will say good night Okie dokie there then they he there thanks for listening but we've got stuff for you to do go check out our social media and let us know what you think about Queen you can find us on Facebook at Seaside Pod Review and on Twitter at Queen Seaside remember Corey he was here check out and the podcast will rock we owe the format and the inspiration some perspiration for this podcast entirely to them we'll be back with you next week to spin up another song 
from this wonderfully diverse catalog. Stay tuned. Brand new angle, highly commendable. Seaside Park with you. Seaside Park with you. Gives a kiss. Seaside Park with you. I'm not giving you a kiss. I'm just a musical prostitute, my dear.